listening to the Full 10 Yards Podcast with your host, Timothy Lambert-Monk. Welcome you in to the Full 10 Yards Podcast. We are a mere seven days away from the start of the NFL season. The countdown is well and truly drawing to a close. I'm hope you, I hope you're excited as certainly I am. Uh, I hope all your drafts are going well. If you're doing slow drafts, obviously they should be coming to a close soon. Uh, I'm very much looking forward to my home league draft on Saturday. But today, it's the 30th of August, Thursday. Thank you so much for joining us today. Um, we Just a word of warning, we have a hot take show. So I hope that uh, you open all the windows Hoping you open all the doors and you. I hope you're wearing not not that many clothes, but I'm hope you, I hope you're wearing something. Um, you know, I don't want you to be listening to the podcast naked. That would be a bit weird. Not that I can see you, of course. But yeah, like I say, hot takes episode today. We have been joined by Rob Grimwood of Across the Fantasy Pond podcast. Um, really good uh, interview with him. Uh, you can get him at FF Britballer on Twitter. If you want to catch out their podcast as well, like I say, it's across the fantasy pond. Uh, very much recommend you check that out. They have uh, some good articles on the website there. Um, more details about that on the interview. First up, before we get into that, just a couple of things to get through. Um, just a bit closer to home where we are. Obviously, we're in the middle of Scotland. If anyone is around the Scotland area, uh, more near so Edinburgh, uh, the NFL Scotland podcast, who we had... Cameron Hobbs on uh, a while back now. Uh, they're hosting an, an event at the Golf Tavern. We shall be there. Uh, hopefully anyone around that is in the vicinity who want to come down, uh, buy some tickets. There's some giveaways, some prizes to be won as well. £3 a ticket. Uh, I think there's some still some tickets left, but I said to Cameron that I would give that a quick shout-out. Like I say, we'll be down there as well, representing the Full 10 Yards podcast. So if you're down there, it'd be good to, good to meet you. Come and say hello. Um... I'll either be wearing a 14 yards t-shirt or a Dallas Cowboys t-shirt with Romo on the back. So if you want to look out for me, um, I think that's pretty much it nearer to home. Just a couple of things uh, before we obviously the season started. We have a pick'em contest uh, against the spread uh, on CBS. And we also have a last man standing competition. They're both three competitions. Check those out on our social media. They are currently the pinned tweets at full 10 yards. Let's say free free to enter, and uh, the prizes will be some full ten yards merchandise. Uh, let's be honest; it's the most sought after, sought after merchandise in the world. Before we get into the interview, just a couple of uh, bits of NFL news. It's all about contracts, really. Uh, Rob Gronkowski has revised his deal with the Patriots. Um, just a couple of incentives uh, for seventy catches that will earn him another one point one million. 1.1 million for 80% playtime, 1.1 million for over 1,085 yards, and 1.1 million for nine or more touchdowns. Uh, th- any three of those will get him, obviously, an, an extra three and a half million. Um, so, yeah, obviously, they've restructured his contract. He wants a bit more money, so that's what the Patriots have done. On to the big contracts. Uh, two two players, obviously, signed big contracts in the last couple of weeks. Uh, it's the last couple of days, even. Uh, the one that's a bit older, Odell Beckham Jr., he has signed a five-year, $90 million deal. Um, obviously, which is one of the highest, pay- obviously the highest paid for wide receiver. Twenty million in signing bonuses and sixty-five million guaranteed as well. That's a hell of a lot of money. Uh, he deserves it. Best wide receiver in the game, uh, apart from obviously Antonio Brown. But you know, some people would argue that he is just as good as Antonio Brown. Uh, you know, towards the end of his career, who knows if Odell Beckham Jr. will surpass 
Antonio Brown is and be considered as one of the greats. Obviously, Eli Manning's going to be throwing him the ball this season, so he can only do so much. Talking of quarterbacks, Aaron Rodgers signed the Whopper four-year, $134 million. My God, could be 180, uh, 35 million uh, million pounds signing bonus, and 54 million in guarantees. Way to we on Odell Beckham's parade. So yeah, again, obviously that was uh, over the off season was a was a big storyline. Aaron Rodgers getting a contract um, looked like there was a bit of a stifling point at some points, but um, the guy of the signal caller in Great Green Bay will be there probably till the end of his career, which is music to the ears of the Green Bay Packers fans. Last week of preseason this weekend, don't expect too much action for any of your fantasy starters this season. Week four is traditionally a game where all the roster bubble guys uh, are fighting for spots and all the coaches kind of look to see how they want to end their their 53-man uh, rosters. So don't really pay too much attention to week four. I don't think there's you know a couple of weeks, the first three weeks, you can get some some little nuggets, some winners and losers for over the preseason. Sam Darnold obviously is what is one uh, that springs to mind. Obviously Teddy Bridgewater has been signed by the Saints. Uh, if you haven't heard that one as well, so that's actually quite an interesting one. Obviously Drew Brees has got I think two years left, uh, which was signed way back earlier in the year. But to bring Teddy Bridgewater in is quite an interesting move. So you know, obviously they might see he is maybe the future of the franchise, which is an interesting one. Certainly Teddy Bridgewater has flashed enough in pre-season. Another guy that's fared well in pre-season, another rookie quarterback, Josh Allen, um, has looked okay in pre-season so far. Obviously everyone is expecting trash and hot dumpster fires um, coming from the rocket arm of Josh Allen, but he's, he's looked okay. He's, he just needs to do the simple things and complete the easy passes. Uh, he's made some really hard, look, hard throws look really easy. Um, and there's yeah, a couple of mistakes in there as well, but you, know, you have to expect that from a rookie quarterback. That's pretty much it for the NFL, on the NFL side of things. So we're going to get into today, today's podcast with Rob Grimwood of Across the Fancy Pond podcast. Uh, and you can say you can get him at, on Twitter at FFBritballer. So we will see you on the other side. Okay, it's time to open your windows. It might be even time to take off your pants because it's going to get very, very hot in here. And we have Rob Grimwood of Across the Fantasy Pond podcast joining us to share some hot takes. Rob, are your pants on or are your pants off? Uh, my pants are off. I live in without my pants. So, you know, <laughs> uh, what's the point in pants? Well, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'll go commando, man. Oh, yes, well, it's, it's going to get. I don't, I don't know. There's nothing else left to take off because it's going to. It's going to get quite hot here. So, um, Rob, thanks so, <laughs> <laughs> thanks so much for coming on the show, buddy. Um, no so you are obviously a co-host of the Across the Fun, uh, Across the Fantasy Pond podcast. Um, so, just want maybe want to give a bit of background to some listeners, obviously that maybe not aware of your of your podcast, how you started, uh, and obviously your background in NFL as well. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, well, I've been running the Across the Fantasy Pond now for the last oh, 14 months, so just over a year. Um, we give out very average fantasy advice. <laughs> um, it, it, it's, we, no, we, we, we try hard. We've got a very good uh, team of writers that write for my website, uh, which is a small plug here, uh, www.acrossthefantasy.com. Pond.com. Mm. Um, I've got a good selection of writers and they write all college stuff and NFL stuff, fantasy stuff. It's really good. Nice. Uh, and then we've got the podcast, which we do every week. Me and my best friend from Canada. 
So, uh, yeah, you can hear us there on the uh, Across the Fantasy Pond podcast. So if you don't listen to us, go ahead and listen. Absolutely. Yeah, and you say you can get them, uh, Rob on Twitter at FFBritballer. Very good Twitter handle there, uh, Rob. But, um, Thank just, you. Yeah. <laughs> what, just about the, um, just on the right-hand side. So obviously, how, so when you started your podcast, was it just a podcast or was it mainly starting on the right-hand side first? How, how, how has it got to where it is maybe today? Well, I started writing, at, funnily enough, um, my co-host, uh, Jamie from Canada, he, he had his own blog, uh, which was called uh, The Pigskin Clipboard years and years ago. And I wrote a couple of articles for him and got into it that way. Uh, and it kind of developed from there. I had a, had a year off, didn't write much, and then got back into it, got my own website, uh, started writing for FF247. Yep. And uh, then went on to Gridiron Experts. And yeah, it just kind of excelled from there, really. Uh, FF247 stopped doing articles and just did podcasts. So uh, I took the, some of the writers from there and added them to my website and got my own podcast. So yeah, yeah it's a slow, slow progression, but we got there. No, no, I'd say slow, slow, slow uh, small steps. But um, yeah, no, it sounds good to say that I think fantasy football and not necessarily just uh, American football, but baseball and, and NBA and all that kind of stuff. It's actually quite nice because a lot of people that don't, you know, aren't writers or don't have degrees in journalism, that kind of stuff, can just write because it's all passion, it's all opinion. Oh yeah, and then you can learn, yeah. you can learn the statistical sides, um, you know, as you kind of go along. Yeah, I mean, I've only been playing fantasy football for five years. Um, I had a, I've had a passion for creative writing since I've been at school. Uh, I, I never did A levels or went to university. I did none of that. I was a ski coach for five years, mm. uh, but I always had a passion to, to write. And uh, now I'm settled down with uh, Miss, Mrs. Britt Baller over here and uh, in a new house. <laughs> uh, you know, I've got plenty of time on my hands, so I thought, why not? Yeah, absolutely. Do you, do you play at all? No, I don't. I'd love to, but um, I would probably be a good offensive lineman. That's about it. Okay, <laughs> very good. I've got the athleticism of a hedgehog. <laughs> but uh, that's the thing. With NFL, you don't need to, don't need need to necessarily be a fast runner or uh, an agile guy. You can be, yeah. So if you're a lineman or even a uh, no, even... but you know when you played football at school yeah. and. I was the, always the last guy who got picked, and I was always the goalkeeper. That's me. Yeah. <laughs> Goalkeepers goal are uh, criminally underrated, Rob. Don't don't beat yourself down. <laughs> right. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, let's let's, uh, let's move on to our maybe some more average fantasy football advice. But uh, say so we have a couple of hot takes to to share with the listeners. Uh, I've got three. I think you've got three as well. I've got two that are fantasy football, and I've got one that's maybe just more NFL uh, related. One of which I'm sure you are aware of from our talks off and on online social media. So do you want to do you want to start off, Rob? Give us give us one. Give, save your best one for last, uh, and give us give us okay. number, give us number three. <laughs> Well, I must admit, there's, there's, I don't know whether there's a fine line between a bold take and being utterly ridiculous. <laughs> uh, your, your listeners might want to decide for themselves. Uh, I've got three takes here, which I'm... Um, uh, they're, they're pretty ridiculous, but I'm going to go with them and call them bold predictions. The first one is I'll give you is the one that I think makes the most sense, and that is a fantasy-relevant one, which is Keenan Allen will end up this season's... But what? Uh, sorry, I'll start again. <laughs> Keenan Allen will end up the WR1 in the fantasy season this year. Ooh. See, that was so hot, Rob. You couldn't even get it out. You couldn't even speak the words. Exactly. I, <laughs> I muffled my words there because I'm, I'm so excited about Keenan Allen this year. Yeah. Uh, it, uh, I, I tell you what, I think Keenan Allen can really take that offense by storm. He did last year. He mm. can repeat it this year. There's no Hunter Henry. 
he is just going to be peppered with targets this yeah. year. Yeah. Uh, I think I've, I think I've got him down for like 176 targets. Um, you know, which is just uh, last year he's, he got, had 159. So it's not that many more, to be quite honest. No, but no. I just think he gets utilised so much uh, by Philip Rivers. And, and yeah, Mike Williams is back. So it'll take some of the pressure off uh, from the defence. And I think Keenan Allen is locked in to be your wide receiver one this year. Yeah, no, I, I really like Keenan Allen as well. Um, I'm, I'm never in the right per, the right um, slots in the draft to, to pick him up in the early second round. Um, I'm, yes. I'm, I'm always either in the, fir- the middle of the first and he never gets backed around to you in the, in the middle of the second, but uh, or I've, I've been earlier uh, in the first, obviously a late second. So yeah, Keenan Allen, obviously, yeah, towards the end of last season, he was on absolute fire. Um, 2017 was obviously one of the first seasons for a while that he's completed a full 16-game slate. Um, and I say, yeah, him, him and Philip Rivers, they get the offense. Uh, they, they've got trust in each other. And Keenan Allen always gets open, and he's a good red zone target. Um, so yeah, what, yeah. what else do you want? It's a high scoring. It's going to be a high scoring offense. Uh, they're going to be, they're going to score, score loads of points, have loads of opportunities. And obviously, Keenan Allen as well can always hit a long one, um, which is always what exactly. you want. What you want from a from a wide receiver. He has, you know, there's not really any routes he can't run. Um, you know, there's not there's not much he can't do. Uh, and he's got very reliable hands as well. So yeah, no, I don't don't mind that whatsoever. Was that was that prediction or, or bowl take more PPR or is that just in standard as well? Well, I think uh, let me just have a quick look at my uh, my rankings here. In standard, I've got him as my fifth wide receiver. Okay. So uh, definitely PPR more centered there, just because like I said, 176 mm-hmm. targets for me. Uh, with and I'm just putting up his stats here, 176 targets with 111 receptions. So, yeah, it's, it's very much PPR orientated. Uh, I play PPR leagues because I think they're the best, best way forward. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've been getting him, I got him yesterday in a draft at 208. So um, he, he is there in some drafts late in the second round uh, or sort of midway through the second round. Yeah. Um, and I love that when he falls to me. But, I mean, you look at the other receivers they've got, Obviously, like I just said, Hunter Henry is out, and he would would have been a target hog. Now Antonio Gates is gone. They haven't re-signed Antonio Gates. I think Virgil Green is the only other tight end. He he ain't gonna do nothing. No. So Tyrell Williams, Travis Benjamin, Mike Williams—they're all sort of outside receivers. Keenan Allen is a a utility guy who can be used in any way, shape, or form as a receiver. He is just going to be peppered. I love it. Mm. Yeah, just to give your listeners a bit of a background into Keenan Obviously, last season, 102 receptions, nearly 1,400 yards and six touchdowns. Uh, obviously, missed 2016 uh, through injury. Um, and in the three prior seasons to that, he's only had a, a, a one 1,000 uh, reception, uh, receiving yards season. But I think that's mainly obviously due to some niggles. But, you know, he had eight touchdowns in his first season in, 20, in 2013. So, yeah, certainly the upside is there. You've also got, a, a, you know, a high, a high floor which is also good for someone that you're taking that early. You know, your first one or two picks, you want as uh, as a fewer question marks against them as possible. And I don't really see many, maybe apart from Keenan Allen's injury history, uh, that's the only concern. But I think, obviously, with his 16-game his se- season last season, I th- we should be okay. But he, you look at his injuries, though. He had a lacerated kidney and a yeah. torn ACL. Yeah. You know, they're, they're not reoccurring injuries. No. It's not like he's got a hamstring issue or a groin injury. Yeah. They're, they're not niggling injuries. No. He proved it last year, 16 games. Yeah. Lock him in this year as well. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, it's a good point, actually. You know, those injuries that he's had aren't, aren't reoccurring issues because Keenan Allen has always been kind of labelled as a, an injury-prone kind of guy. But then, you know, like I say, they're not ankle injuries. They're not, you know, like the Leonard Fournette foot injuries or the Corey Davis hamstring injuries. Do you know what I mean? They're not 
they're not something that should should reoccur unless you know lightning strikes twice and he's really unlucky. So yeah, no, I like that yeah. a lot. Like that a lot. It's, it's, that's just the one thing that I it bugs me when people say Julio Jones is injury prone. Do you know he's missed like two games in four years or or something like three games in five years? Yeah. Uh, you know he might play through a few niggles, but he's not actually been injured. So mm-hmm. yeah. Keenan Allen is not injury prone. Don't worry about that. No, no, no. Really, really like Kirk and discount. You could have got him at a really good discount last year, last year as well. Keenan, I think he was like going third round or so, wasn't he? Third, fourth round. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Come, yeah. And he did slow. He did start slow, but he did. He yeah. won people leagues at the end of the day. He did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ended the season on absolute fire. Okay, so yeah. that's first one then. So Keenan Allen to be wide receiver one. Moving on to my my first one. It's a bit niche, um, and I would say we're. we're I'll come out with it now. James White to be the top scoring fantasy running back for the New England Patriots this season. Okay. So we all know what we know, we all know that the New England Patriots backfield is you know a committee. It's you know there's loads of dink and dunk passing. There's loads of people there. It's a crowded backfield. There's five guys there at the moment. You've got James White, Sony Michelle, first round draft pick from 2017, obviously this year. Rex Burkhead, who had a couple of injury niggles again last season, uh, has had a similar, I think it was a knee issue over the last couple of weeks, but I think he's returned to practice. He's been cleared now. Um, obviously, you've got Jeremy Hill and Mike Gillisley there, uh, who one or both might be cut before the season starts. I just think James White, again, he has his own, his, his own uh, injury history, but he provides such a, a security blanket for, for Tom Brady when he does play. Uh, his receptions, you know, 20, last year, 56 receptions, 2016, 60 receptions. The TD upside, he's always got touchdown upside uh, in the red zone. And I'm slightly concerned that maybe Rex Burkhead, if uh, fit, takes takes a few away from him. But James White is a, is a constant in that backfield. Uh, and I just see, you know, maybe one of, of Michelle or Rex Burkhead getting injured at some point this season for a couple of games. I just think the, the number one fantasy position uh, for points there in the backfield is there for the taking. Yeah, I, you, you can't you can't disagree with anything uh, when it comes to New England Patriots running backs because no, no. first and foremost, Bill Belichick doesn't care about your fantasy teams. No, uh, and yeah, any one of those guys, uh, Mike Gillisley's still there, Rex Burkhead, James White, Jeremy Hill, remember mm. him? He's still there. Yeah, uh, Sony Michelle, obviously, like you said. So uh, there's a lot of mouth to feed there, and it's it's take your pick. Mm-hmm. You know, I could, I could absolutely see James White being the lead guy in in New England Patriots. It's definitely a bold prediction, but I can definitely, I wouldn't be surprised if someone said to me after Week 17 this season, James White was the best runner for for New England Patriots. Yeah, I mean the other thing that I look, I looked at as well. Okay, so if you look at the the part, you know, there's a lot of mouths mouths to feed. Yes, but that's mainly mainly in the backfield. So obviously on on the the pass catching side, you've got Rob, uh, tight end Rob Gronkowski. Um, but, you know, they've got Decker's just recently retired. They've released Kenny Britt. They've released uh, Jordan Matthews. Brandon Cooks has gone. Uh, Julian Edelman's out for the first four games. So if, you, if you've got the, pro- you know, in, in my opinion, James White's the primary pass catcher, uh, you know, excluding maybe the red zone. So, you know, there's a, there's a lot of targets there actually to go around. And with Tom Brady's yeah. advancing age, he's going to be, he's always been a bit of a dink and dunker, uh, which kind of goes a bit unnoticed. Um, obviously, yeah. you know, being forty-one years old, you're not going to be throwing fifty-yard, you know, Patrick Mahomes seventy-yard touchdowns. You know what I mean, but um, yeah, I mean, he's he's the guy that in the backfield that's always had the most receptions out of the backfield. So it might be more of a bit of a PPR one, you know, standard scoring. You know, maybe maybe someone else will will be higher scoring. I, I would go, but maybe Rex Burkhead at, at this juncture. Um, but yeah, New England running backs out of the, uh, out of the backfield ca- catch a lot of passes, and James White I think has 
a bit more of a role to maybe grow into this season than he's had over the last couple of seasons, provided he stays injury-free. Yeah, and I don't disagree with any of that, except from all of that thesis is going to go out the window when Des Bryant signs by the end of the week. <laughs> true, yeah, true. Yeah, yeah, very true. Um, yeah, and the other thing, just the cherry on the top, is James White is going late in drafts, if if, if not on draft day. His ADP's risen over the last week or so, I've not, I've noticed, um, mainly because of the injuries to Michelle and, and Rex Burkhead's. You know, someone's got to be in the backfield at, at in uh, oh yeah, you know, come, come week one, but um, yeah, you know, if you can get him in double digits round, double, double digit rounds in, in PPR, I mean that's an absolute steal in my opinion. So that was that was kind of the cherry on top for me. Oh, definitely, he's going to cost you nothing. So why not? It's a dart throw. Yeah, no, I mean if you if you're someone that employs a, a zero RB, perfect. He's a perfect running back for PPR. Um, cause, you know, first couple of weeks he might take off, and then you can trade him trade him up and get rid of him because then you know it's, it's a very volatile backfield for four points. Um, you know, look at Mike Gillisley last season, last uh, first game against Kansas City, scored a hat trick, I think, didn't he? And then, you know, essentially was had absolutely no value whatsoever come week yep. four, week five. So yeah, play play playing with fire a little bit. Uh, but James White again, he's been there for four or five years, so I don't see that him him going anywhere or being irrelevant. So yeah, no, that's that's my that's my first one. So do you want to move on to your second one? Uh, yes. Um, okay. Uh, sit down, people. <laughs> um, Houston Texans to make the Super Bowl. How about that? Ooh. Okay. I just think. Explain I, yourself. I, look, I just think. I, I'm an Indianapolis fan, right? So Houston are in my division. But me as an Indianapolis fan, and a good friend of mine also who's an Indianapolis fan, we sit there and we say, well, we don't actually dislike our division rivals. Like, I quite <laughs> like Jacksonville because of the London ties. Yeah. I don't mind Houston. I don't mind Tennessee. We're not a team like in a division, uh, take the Steelers and the Ravens and the, the Cincy Bengals, for example. Yeah. They sort of tend to hate each other, the, the Packers and the Bears. I don't really dislike our division mates. Um, and I, listen, I really like the Houston team. Now, if you've listened to my podcast and you've listened to me uh, chat rubbish for the last couple of months, you'll know that uh, one of my... Uh, one of my uh, outlandish predictions is that uh, DeAndre Hopkins won't be a top five wide receiver in fantasy this season. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, but on the flip side, if he is, if he is able to continue what he did last year, and if Deshaun Watson can come back and be the guy that he was last year, all of a sudden Houston are a very, very good team because then they've got a very good offense with uh, Will Fuller and Lamar Jack, um, Lamar Miller running the ball. Uh, I've got I've got a lot of faith in Lamar Miller this year. Mm. The, the, the O-line is questionable, but then you look at the defense. J.J. Watt's back this year. Whitney Merciless is back this year. Jadavion Clowney. Tyron Matthew. You know, they've got some absolute studs on defense. And the old the old tale is always defense wins championships. I've heard that all my life watching yeah. the NFL. And, and this defense is one of the best. Yeah, no, absolutely. Obviously, the, the trouble that the Houston Texans have had is keeping J.J. Watt on the field. And J.D. Von Cloudy obviously missed his rookie season, I think, with uh, with injury as well. Um, but yeah, certainly if, if you know guarantee sixteen games out of everyone on on both sides of the ball, they they certainly match up well with with anyone not only in the division but in the AFC. It's a you know it's a perennially, perennially weak AFC. Um, you know it's kind of that's the kind of opinion on the AFC. You know the, the Patriots have got to decline at some point. Um, I think they'll yep. be this season. Um, you know I know we say that every other year like a broken record, but it's got to happen at some point. 
Um, yep. Yeah, I mean, certainly that, that division, it's quite interesting actually you say that about the uh, divisional, you know, there's not really a big divisional rivalry there. It's not like the NFC East or, you know, it's, it's quite, I'm not going to say it's a friendly rivalry because obviously it's still, you know, it's still a rivalry being in the division, yep. but it's not, it's not kind of a, a game, you know, Tennessee versus Jacksonville or, you know, Houston versus Indianapolis. It's not, it's, you're not going to circle yes. those in the calendar, are you? Not, there's no grudge games. No, no, no. No, but I certainly However, agree. However, I, I wonder if you ask a Jacksonville fan, a Tennessee fan, or a Houston fan what they think of Indianapolis. It might be a slightly different story. Yeah. Uh, you know, Indianapolis were the the league leaders in that division for a long while. Yeah, yeah. So there might be some different opinions that way. But from from an indie fan looking at the other three teams in the division, no, I, I don't I don't mind them at all. No, yeah, and I'd say just to go back to your point about obviously uh, your the prediction being Hopkins to finish outside the top five. Yeah, I, I can certainly see that. I mean, my um, my, my main argument for that would be that, you know, I don't think Deshaun Watson's going to come back and do what he did last season. I think he's not looked very great in the preseason. Um, I just, I yeah. think that that injury's kind of knocked him back a little bit, kind of like Robert Griffin III. Um, like I yeah, say, yeah. The, the offensive line's not great, but Deshaun Watson, if he's allowed to scramble, if he's allowed to get outside the pocket, then that kind of neutralises that. And I agree with you, Lamar Miller. Love Lamar Miller in, in PPR this season. Uh, again, he's going fourth of fourth, fifth round uh, in PBR. Donta Foreman, I think, is going to be on the pup. Um, so, you know, he's only got Alfred Blue to, to be out. And I know Alfred Blue uh, kind of took over towards the end of last season, but Lamar Miller, I, I think, is, is a great a great one for, again, those that are going zero RB. Yeah, I mean, Lamar Miller's frustrating. He's he been is, frustrating yeah. his whole career. Yeah. Um, but he has got that job now. He's not got no one. Uh, Alfred Blue, I, I'm not even bothered by him. No. Uh, Tyler Irvin either. I'm, I'm not, you know, they don't, don't interest me at all. And just to the Houston uh, Texans offensive line does get a bit of a bad press, but there's three new guys in there this year. Yeah, uh, yeah. They, uh, I think uh, Stenio Calamete from New Orleans, uh, Zach Fulton, and Seattle Henderson are all new additions to that offensive line. So we don't actually know what that offensive line is going to be like. It might be yeah. quite good. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I agree. And I think also on the flip side, to add, add, add another point to the Hopkins outside the top five is there's so many talented wide receivers, you know, you can rattle off five yeah. quite easily that can finish above him, you know, OBJ, Julio Jones, AJ Green, Keenan Allen, Devante Adams, you know, it's, it's not it's not that, you know, it's quite yeah. it's quite easy for him to fall out of the top five, but I know he's been obviously drafted as a top one, or top the second or third maybe wide receiver going off the board. But yeah, no, I can, I can certainly see a world where that happens. Yeah, and there's got to be a lot of stars aligned for the Houston Texans to make the Super Bowl. Yeah. But if they do, if uh, uh, Deshaun Watson can get back to being his best, if DeAndre Hopkins can replicate what he did last year, if QT comes in and is a is a threat, uh, the rookie wide receiver, if the O line holds up, if the def- if the the defense stay healthy, then all them stars mm-hmm. align. I can, yeah. I can certainly see Houston Texans making a, a big push for the play for the for the Super Bowl. Yeah. No, and I say, yeah, I'm always happy to take see what, what what's favourable about picking an AFC team to win the Super Bowl is that the Patriots skew the odds so so much down that you get so much good value. So that, you know, the, the, when the year comes that the Patriots do fall, yeah, it's only going to be a one year window. So you've got to get it kind of every year. You got you've got to back it. So you know, you're getting double digit odds for the rest of them to even get to the Super Bowl. So oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Okay, cool. Seeing seeing with the. Um, the kind of the yeah the not the not the non fantasy uh, t- bold prediction hot take. So my one uh, is the one that you're familiar with. It's Philadelphia to miss the playoffs. 
Um, ah, yeah. you pinched my third one, but I'll go oh, another. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can we can both we can both just. I mean, the amount of times on this podcast where I've had people just lament my Cowboys and just uh, the, the amount of the amount of crap I've had to take off about Philadelphia being so great, and you know, I've, I've taken it all in my stride. I'm not, I'm not, you know, lowering myself. But now this this is going to be the pure five or ten minutes where we can just just stomp on them all over. Uh, so I'm, I'm glad that you're you're in, you're in for the tag team. So. Let's start off with, with injuries. Uh, injuries both sides of the ball. Alshon Jeffrey uh, is not a certainty to start um, the season. He might start on the pup. Carson Wentz, obviously big ACL injury last se- through the middle of last season, so he's not exactly fresh from that. Um, you know They're not exactly being very clear on whether they expect him to start week one. They said that it's close. Um, you know Chuck Bogano said last season that a- a- Andrew Luck was close and look what happened there. So, um, Nick yeah, Foles. thanks, Chuck. <laughs> yeah. Chuck, um, Nick Foles in the preseason has been the Nick Foles we all we all know and love, uh, especially for Dallas Cowboys fans. And there's you know there's a lot of other players there on both sides of the ball that have come off surgeries, uh, come off big injuries. You know Darren Sproles triple, um, you know his was it triceps or bicep tears. Um, I think some some other names. Jason Peters was one. Uh, there's just yep. a, there's a hell of a lot of of injury there, and it's going to expose. Yes, they have a lot of depth, but that, I think that's going to be exposed. And you know, I think it all hinges on Carson Wentz not playing for a couple of of weeks of the, of the regular season. But I can certainly see that happening. Yeah, and I've just pulled up twenty four seven sports dot com their injury report that came out yesterday on the Philadelphia Eagles, and it's quite alarming to see the players on there which are listed. I mean, some of them are only small knocks and they will make week one, but when you look at it, Mac Collins, Alshon Jeffrey, uh, Richard Rogers, Marcus Wheaton, Nelson Aguilar, that's four wide receivers nicked up. Jay Ajayi has played 22 offensive snaps this preseason and is having to be rested you yeah. know, his knees really worry me. I think he's got, I think he's talented, but his knees worry me, man. Mm. Um, and there's a whole load of the defensive players as well that are sort of knocked uh, up. Timmy Jernigan, uh, the defensive end, uh, Chris Baragos, the linebacker. You know, there is there is a lot of injuries in that team that are sort of knocking around. And the big one, obviously, is we don't know how fit Carson Wentz is going to be on week one. No, and I say you know it's quite an interesting dynamic because if Wentz isn't ready and Nick Foles, you know he he's hurt his shoulder in in the preseason week too, but uh, sprained shoulder, well not sprained shoulder but just strained it a little bit. Um, so we're not quite sure obviously if that's, I mean that's probably nothing. Um, but, you know there, there could be a case to say that they might shove it Carson Wentz in too early. He then gets re-injured and then it's just absolute, an absolute nightmare. I mean they're opening schedule. I think Atlanta go into Philadelphia week one and win on opening night. Um, it's just a shame that the next couple of games are at Tampa, home to Indy, uh, and at Tennessee, which, you know, they're not the greatest of, of defences there, so they may, may be able to get away with it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, but that's pivotal. And I think that will be, uh, the tell will be after, sort of, like you said, after week five, uh, how, how if Philadelphia come through there unscathed, then fine. But if they don't, if they struggle with them three games, if they lose a couple, mm. then their backs are going to get me against the wall, I think. Yeah, I mean, let's not forget as well, they've got a, a, a divisional winner's um, schedule. So, you know, they've got the Rams, they've got the, the Vikings, Jacksonville, Carolina, New Orleans. Some difficult games there, and most of those are away. Oh, yeah. um, so, again, you know, they, they, you know, and it's also well documented about Super Bowl hangovers. I mean, look at Atlanta, look at Carolina. Uh, you know, they've not been the same since they've been to the Super Bowl. Um, you know, okay, they, they, you know, some of them won, but um, yeah, 
I, I just I can just see it see see it where it's it's a shame really that Washington uh, Darius Geis is out because I think the division could have been a lot better this season. Giants could be absolutely anything. Um, Dallas uh, are going to be Dallas, I'm afraid. But um, yeah, I can I can certainly see a hang, bit of a hangover. You know, stretching a couple of weeks. Carson Wentz sluggish to return. You know, they'll they'll probably be. Uh, a team that ends, you know, December with a un- undefeated and maybe going to the playoffs hot if they get to the playoffs and then maybe go and repeat. That, you know, that's the kind of storyline I can see, um, which would yep. break my break my heart. But yeah, no, I think it's a possibility. I think you can get about five to two for them not to to reach the playoffs, which I think is a great punt. Yeah, I can't disagree with you. I say that was that was one of my that was one of my bold predictions, but uh, I have another one up my sleeve. Okay, so do tell us, do tell us all. Okay, Eli Manning will not finish the season as the QB1 for the New York Giants. Ooh. Okay. Uh, I, I, I understand. People have been telling me this all off-season. The New York Giants have got better. They've got better. They've got better. They've got their wide receivers back. It doesn't stop the fact that Eli Manning is still an old man who just can't, can't throw <laughs> the ball anymore. Yeah. Uh, you know, he, he's had his day, and I do think this will be his last season. Yeah. Um, I also love Kyle Luletta, the guy that they drafted uh, in this year's draft. I think he's, he's a real talent. And I just think, look, we saw him struggle last year. And I know Ben McAdoo's offense, you know, whatever. It's all changed in New York Giants. But I can really see a world where the New York Giants aren't actually that much better. And they struggle because of Eli Manning and they take him out. I can see it happening. Yeah. No, I, I, yeah. I mean, that was, that was what, uh, what, uh, what's the word? What a, what a shambles that was last season taking Eli out to snap his what was it two hundred and forty odds consecutive starts yes. um, streaked for 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 D, you know Geno Smith I think it was and didn't even put Davis Webb in do you know what I mean that's it's absolutely pathetic um, do do you have any um, obviously yeah Letter is the guy that you said uh, that you, you quite like there. do you think they'll maybe bring bring a, a, a more of a veteran in. No, I think they'll go with Carlo Letta. I think they'll give Eli at least half a season to get it right. And, you know, he might well do, but I honestly would not be surprised if Eli is, is not the guy. Uh, I would I would lean in the favour of Luletta, though. I think they'll look towards the future. Obviously, the big news this week is they've wrapped up that monster deal for OBJ. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, they're going to be working to to build the offense around him. Yeah. And I think they're going to want to get uh, the young uh, rookie quarterback in mm-hmm. ASAP to, to build chemistry. Mm-hmm. And if the season, if they're going into the sort of second half of the season, three and six, why not throw the rookie in? Yeah, no, it's a good point. And to say, yeah, it seems to be the, blu- the blueprint now for, for teams is to... To get a quarterback on their rookie contract to make a Super Bowl run, so yeah, that makes that makes sense. Makes a lot of sense actually to get him in a bit earlier than maybe usual and, and build out that chemistry. But um, yeah, I don't know if you know the, the schedule for the Giants, but the, before their bye, they've got a week nine bye. Their their schedule before the bye is brutal. They're obviously opening week. They're home to Jacksonville, then they're at Dallas, at Houston, home to New Orleans, at Carolina, home to Philly, at Atlanta, home to Washington. I mean, they could quite easily go one and seven. Wow, that is, that's a brutal opening in eight games. I mean, I I, I, I pulled this bold prediction out without even looking at that. Yeah. Now I don't think it's even a bold prediction. No. no, I mean that's that's brutal. I mean, the only winnable, well, two maybe two or three winnable games there is maybe home to Washington and maybe at Dallas. I mean, I don't think there can be can be winning any. You know, Jacksonville going to steamroll them on on, on their defense is just going to kill Eli Manning. 
So it is a real possibility that sort of come halfway in the season that they are, you know, maybe just one, two or three and the season's done for them. They know they're realistically not going to make the playoffs. So there you go. There's your decision. Eli, thanks very much for your career. You've been a fantastic servant, uh, you know, Super Bowl champ, but you're done. Yeah. 37 years old. You know, yeah, who's going to be surprised by that? I wouldn't. No, 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 no. Because they see it and say, yeah, if the schedule is a bit, uh, a bit more kind, maybe it'd be a bit more uh, up in the air. But yeah, well, if <laughs> any anything less than you know three wins, if one or two wins down, then yeah, like I say, they they can just jet him off and, and put Lilletta uh, in for the for the last six or seven games. So yeah, no, I like exactly. it. I like it a lot. Okay, moving on to my last one then. So this is a guy for anyone that's been listening to the podcast or anyone that knows me or follows me on social media. They know how much I love Trey Burton. So my last one is Trey Burton. Uh, Trey Burton is going to end up as a top three tight end this season. Wow, that is bold. That is bold, isn't it? That is bold. That is bold. That is bold. I I am the conductor on the hype train. Absolute conductor on the hype train. So so I've done quite a bit of digging. uh, Quite a bit of digging on this one. So the last the last couple of years, the, the points needed for a top three tight end finish, last year was 128 points. 2016 was 126 points so that relate that basically relates to about 900 yards and six touchdowns which in if you if people have been watching Trey Burton in the pre in the preseason in the games they've moved him around all over the place they've gotten him involved you know he's a he's a he's a main target he signed a four-year 32 million dollar deal in the offseason to come over to Chicago they're not going to do that you're not going to bring him over to to block um you know he's he's getting towards the later part of his 20s and you know when when he's filled in for Zach Ertz over in Philadelphia, you know he's he's been more than productive uh, for fantasy football. Uh, last year had 23 receptions, 248 yards, five touchdowns, and that was good enough for the tight end 23. Now I know that's the tight end 23, and you don't usually go past the tight end 16 in some leagues, but you know if you think he only played a couple of games last season, stretch that out over 16 games, he's a top five top five tight end. Um, so okay. yeah, um, some other bits that I've got on on him. You know, Alan Robertson's not a lock to be the focal point of that offense. He's obviously been out all of last season. He's no, he's no guarantee to come back and pick up where he left off when he had his thousand-yard season over in Jacksonville with Bate Bortles. Um, and then also looking at the side of you know what's the competition? You know, Zach Ertz. We've just talked about Nick Foles maybe being at quarterback, um, which you know would be a down tick for Zach Ertz. Rob Gronkowski, um, he's, he's had the injuries over the years. He's obviously had some whispers over the, over the off-season that you know he's not entirely happy, although that probably was a contract ploy, so he'll be okay. Um, and then Travis Kelsey, I think Travis Kelsey's the main the main guy that's going to be the tight end one this season. He's um, you know he's the difference maker uh, for me. He's a guy that I'd rather have in the third or fourth rounds rather than Gronk in the second. Okay. Um, and also the thing with Kelsey as well is that that Kansas City defense I don't think is very great. Um, Patrick Mahomes is going to sling it down, and they're going to get a lot of yardage uh, through that as well. So I, I, I just think all the other guys, you know, you've got Olsen, uh, Greg Olson, Jimmy Graham, Carl Rudolph, who also actually really like with Kirk Cousins there. We know what he's like with tight ends. Um, Evan Ingram and Delaney Walker, who's got a bit of a niggle at the moment. I just I just think there's a lot of Joe Schmoes there in the middle, in the middle of the pack that Trey Burton could quite easily leapfrog. Um, so again, it's it's all it's all about hot takes, and um, I've been driving the Trey Burton train for for a couple of months, so I'm I'm going to continue riding it until it, it it falls off a cliff. 
that's that's fine with me. Uh, I, I I have Trey Burton as a top ten locked in top ten oh, yeah. tight end. Um, but for me, like you just you just rattled off some names there, and I I literally went down my list. Uh, Gronk, Gel- uh, Kelsey, Ertz, Olsen, Rudolph. They're my top five. Uh, but between uh, I've got Jordan Reed at six. Just because mm. if he plays twelve or more games, I yep. think he's a difference maker. Mm. Um, that might need to be revised. But between him and uh, Austin Hooper, who's in eleventh, oh, sorry, Jimmy Graham, who's in twelfth for me, there's like twelve fantasy points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that that box there of uh, on my rankings, it's uh, Jordan Reed, George Kittle, Austin Severian, Jenkins, Evan Ingram, Trey Burton, Austin Hooper, and Jimmy Graham. Yeah. Uh, it, them for me, and you could put Delaney Walker in there. He needs to be adjusted because of you know, I knocked him down because of his injury. Uh, so yeah, any one of those guys for me could, could could have a good season. But one stat which will blow you away, uh, which I was told by Brandon Marianne Lee when she came on my podcast a couple of weeks ago, Greg Zerline, the kicker for the Los Angeles Rams, mm-hmm. scored more fantasy points than all but three tight ends last year. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm I'm aware of that one as well. I think I um I think that I brought that up um, a month or two ago on on a podcast. Yeah, I'm very very well. I, I did a um I did an article on on kickers uh, and the volatility of kickers in fantasy and why the you know I don't like kickers. I'm not a kickers person at all in fantasy. Um, but yeah, noted that on there as well. So yeah, no, that doesn't surprise me. And the funny no. thing you should say actually, I'm actually quite a big fan of quite a lot of the tight ends this season. Not necessarily because of the amount of points, but I think there's a lot of depth in you know like say there with all your rankings, ten points or twelve points separate five yeah. or six. I think you know you get to ten. Say you take the 10th tight end off the board, whoever that might be, you know, David Njoku or George Kittle or, or what have you, they're actually okay. Do you know what I mean? It's not as if you get it's a top three and then just like absolute dross. Yeah. But, yeah. And I, I drafted Njoku at the weekend on my main league of record. Uh, he was there. I didn't draft a tight end at all right until I think I picked him up maybe in the 13th, 14th round. Yeah. And I'm more than happy to stick him in my starting lineup for week one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I say George Kittle. I, I really like a lot of the the back end back end tight ends. So yeah, George Kittle is another one that goes uh, quite late. Um, who's the other yeah. ones? Trey Burton, David Njoku. Yeah, and the, the other one, guys you said there, Austin Safer and Jenkins is a bit of a sleeper. Ben Watson. I'm I think. big on him. I, I'm big on him this year. Yeah, Ben Watson's another one. I think he's obviously just a one year type of guy, but he could quite easily um, surprise. He's he's been in New Orleans before, but I'm I'm very much a late tight end guy. I'm not I'm not a big fan of investing second third round picks in tight ends um, I might pick up Carl Rudolph in a sixth for a seventh rounder if he's there really like Carl Rudolph this season but normally I'm taking Trey Burton in round seven so I have got uh, sorry to go off on a tangent but That's I have right. got a deep 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 dynasty sleep before you go on New Orleans tight end Dion Yelda ooh You've probably never heard of him. No. Not many people have. Uh, but basically, he was from a small... He's a rookie. He's, he got drafted this year. Uh, he was well, he was an undrafted free agent. Uh, he comes out of a small school, but he made the, the old college game. And this guy is a beats and he's a pass-catching tight end. And for me, New Orleans, I'm not very high on Ben Watson. I think he's passed it. Yeah. Josh Hill doesn't offer anything no. uh, in the passing game. Dion Yelder... Just lock that name in because he could be a potential deep, 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 deep sleeper breakup for this this season mm. or next season. So if yeah. you're in a dynasty league, go pick him up, put him on your taxi squad. 
you won't regret it. Yeah, hot off the press that one. That's uh, yeah, I like it. I might um, might give him a little scan and do a bit of research into him. Yeah, never heard of him. Um, He'll yeah. be available. He's he's like ranked eight hundred and fiftieth. Yeah, no, that, well, that doesn't surprise me. But yeah, of course, uh, any any. Um, any tight end of Drew Brees is, is one that I quite like. Obviously, Jimmy Graham's the, exactly. was the famous one, and he made Kobe Fleener relevant for a little while. Um, not not exactly. full season, but um, yeah, okay, yeah, like it. I'll, um, I'll I've circled his name, and I'll, I'll after the podcast I shall go and have a look. So, have you got yep. maybe any other any other hot takes that maybe you considered for, for for sharing that maybe we won't necessarily go into too much detail on? But um, yeah, anything else you, you'd like as a, as a bit of a dark horse this season? Well, I think we just touched on it. I think another one that I could throw in there, like I said, very high on Austin Sferry Jenkins. He's the eighth tight end for me uh, in my PPR rankings this year. So uh, that could probably be uh, a bold prediction that, that Austin Sferry Jenkins is a lock to be a top 10 tight end. Um, but no, I mean, other than that, uh, you've uh, you've taken my Philadelphia one, so I'm, I'm lost now. <laughs> no, that's fine. I'll, I'll just rattle through a couple of mine that I crossed out, um, and maybe we, we can maybe go into one. Um, so first one I had was Joe Mixon, top five PPR running back. Okay. Uh, I had John Ross. John Ross will finish as a as a wide receiver two. Okay. Um, Adam Thielen will finish outside the top 30 wide receivers in PPR. Wait, did you say John Ross will finish as the wide receiver two or a wide receiver two? Uh, a, a wide receiver two, so 20, maybe 24, oh, yeah. 20, uh, top 25, tw- top 25 uh, wide receiver. Yeah, I have him ranked 25th, so I completely agree with that. Oh, nice. Yeah. Do you see that touchdown against Buffalo? Uh, the... Oh, yes. <laughs> I went straight onto my spreadsheet and just uh, zipped some uh, extra numbers on for John Ross and saw him slowly climb up my rankings. <laughs> stuck, stuck some zeros on the uh, receiving yards. Um, yeah. Yeah, Adam, Adam Thielen to finish outside top 30 wide receivers in PPR. Um, okay. And Sammy Watkins to be the top Kansas City receiver in any in any format. So there's a couple, okay. of, there's a couple of big ones. There's a couple of random ones there, but it's just a couple that um, I think what mainly drove it was was ADP and draft price and, and you know the values and you know why that they, why they're going so low. Sammy Watkins has been a couple, of, you know, he's not he's, he's joined a new team. He's not been great over in LA Rams, but he didn't have much time to to learn the playbook. Um, he's he's kind of underperformed since you know his Buffalo days where his injury kind of hurt him as well there. But yeah, I, I just think he, he's a good value. Um, Adam Thielen. Adam Thielen's a guy that's overdrafted, in my opinion. Yep. Don't know. Don't know if you have any, any thoughts on any of those. Uh, Adam Thielen and Stefan Diggs. I, I struggle so hard with those with those guys, and, and it's the same in Detroit as well with Marvin Jones and Golden Tate. Mm. I, I struggle to predict what they're going to do because they're both as good as each other. Yeah. Um, but it depends which way it sways. Adam Thielen had a career year last year. He yeah. had his absolute ceiling season. Yeah. So he's being overdrafted because you're drafting him at his ceiling, which he probably won't replicate this year. Correct. Uh, I, I have him down. He's a top 20 for me, but only just, I think he's 19, uh, he's 19 mm. just below uh, Brandon Cooks, um, Mike Evans, who I'm quite low on. Uh, so I don't, don't hate the take. Uh, mm. Definitely not. Um, but yeah, it's so hard to predict. Yeah, I mean, I, I've got a couple of notes here as to why I did the Adam Thielen one. So I think his touchdowns um, will come down. I don't think he'll have many touchdowns. Um, new offensive coordinator, obviously Pat Sherman's no longer there. Um, no, I might have got that totally wrong. Pat Sherman, what was Pat Sherman last season Vikings? Was he offensive Ooh, coordinator? Me. Mike Zimmer's the head coach, but Pat Sherman's the offensive coordinator, right? 
Yeah, that's right, yeah. Yeah. I'm um, sure that's right. Yeah, and also Adam Thielen, obviously, it was his breakthrough season last season. That could be a one-off. And that could be just the the fact that Case Keenum had a good relationship with him and a good uh, good bit of chemistry. You know, what's to say Kirk Cousins comes in and, you know, can't get on the same page as him? Um, tar- yeah. Maybe tar- target Carl Rudolph a bit more because he loves a tight end. Or, you know, Stefan Diggs was, um, could, could um, vulture a couple of touchdowns, you know. Um, I, just, I, just, I just think there's there's enough there to say that, and again, wide receiver is so deep this year. Um, I can just see thirty other people being being ahead of him. Um, yeah, and I chose yeah. PPR because obviously he's a bit, a bit more reliable in PPR, so I wouldn't just win that step further for 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 the hot take. So yeah, no, I'm, I'm happy enough yeah. with it. I've I've got them all down, so I'll be interested. Okay, to see. He, he, here's what I've just found for you: Dede Westbrook to be a top. 20 wide receiver in fantasy PPR. Oh, like it. Yeah, like it. Obviously, uh, Marquis Lee recently going down as well. That can only help uh, help aid that. Yeah, no, I like Dede Westbrook this season. Yeah, me too. And he's available. Well, he's available on the waivers. If you if you've drafted already, go look at waivers. I guarantee you, Dede Westbrook's on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's usually my one of my last hand dart throws. Him or or Keelan Cole. Um, obviously, Marquis yeah. Lee going down obviously helps those two. Um, but certainly for Dynasty, the one of those two, I'm, I'm happy to have either of those on my, yeah. on my teams. But yeah, wide receiver is so so deep. This is why I am drumming home to all of my listeners and anyone that I speak to about fantasy is get your running backs in early. Yeah. Uh, you know, first, second, third round. If you need to do it, because the what the running back depth goes well out the window after maybe I'll be 25. Yeah. I mean, after that, you're you are. Digging around in the dumpster. Yeah. Uh, whereas the wide receivers, I mean, I say Dee Westbrook for me is 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 actually um, down. At, he's actually down at forty, uh, wide receiver forty. But mm-hmm. I could see him having a top twenty season. Yeah. Um, and players like Portland Sutton, forty two for me, he could be unbelievable this year. Of course, yeah. uh, DJ Moore, I think DJ Moore has got a fantastic opportunity in Carolina yep. to be the number one guy yep. uh, with with Cam in the board. He's down at uh, wide you see what I mean there it's so so deep at wide receiver so go grab your running backs early yeah I'm, I'm glad I'm not in any leagues with you Rob because um, I think we'd be taking all the same players and we'd probably get a bit of tilting, <laughs> t- tilting at each other so it, it's nice to know some someone's on the, my same in the, on the same uh, wavelength as me but um, yeah that, that is the that is the problem with having a, uh, having a podcast which I know that my league mates listen to yeah. uh, come draft day they know exactly who I'm after so I have to reach for everyone <laughs> Yeah, I mean that's the beauty. I mean we we just um, we've got a podcast current that's just gone out um, called My Guys and Wise Guys. So you know, it's just saying the guys we like and the guys we don't. So anyone yeah, yeah, that I'm yeah. in, in, I'm sure you've probably done something similar or, or heard similar. But you know, if you if you give that out that information, obviously people that are in your leagues that are listening, you know, they they they're quite happy to take them and sniper you uh, the, the pick or two before. So yeah, it's a bit annoying. Oh. But then again, you know, as long as you know, we we have Plan Bs. So. Um, yeah, but as long as no one takes Trey Burton before the seventh round, then I'm I'm happy. Ah, uh, you should be good with that one, I think. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. Um, way, <laughs> way, way, probably way too high. But yeah, yeah, if you think they're gonna be a top three, top three tight end, then fair enough. Okay, so I think that pretty much wraps us up, Rob. Uh, thank you so much for coming on, buddy. Uh, coming on to show no and bestowing your knowledge upon us. And I say, if you want to uh, get in, get involved with Rob's po- podcast, it's across from across the fantasy ponds uh, at FF Britballer. And no doubt we'll have you on at some point in the future. 
Yeah, thank you. Just one more plug for my website because yep. there is loads and loads of articles going up there at the minute. Two a day I'm putting up there nice. with our rankings every week as well and the podcast is on there. It's www.acrossthefantasypond.com. Go check out my writers. They are absolutely brilliant and they write a lot of good content. Awesome stuff. And uh, what's... Um, just a quick one on your on your rankings, uh, Rob. How how do you is, uh, rankings? Isn't something I've really gotten into yet. It's maybe something I, I tried a little bit this season, um, but obviously you do projections. How how do you kind of uh, make make your? Do you have a model that you go off or? How, how do you yeah, well, do that? I, I, have, I have a very large spreadsheet, um, which I divide, I'm not very I'm not very technically uh, inept, but I managed to uh, devise some kind of a spreadsheet which works. Uh, basically, I have 400 players which I stack and project uh, for the season, um, and then from there I use them in a ranking system, and then I literally just go down the ranking system and just adjust it as I wish. Right. Okay. So when so do you um, can do you start maybe at the quarterback and then work your way down, or do you just maybe go through every player and say, okay, I think they'll get this amount, or because some people I know have maybe gone started at the quarterback and said, okay, I think they're going to throw, you know, four hundred targets this season, and then they maybe divvy yeah. it divvy it up, and obviously similar to the backfield as well. I think there'll be two hundred three hundred carries in this backfield, and then split that up depending on who's in the backfield. Is that the way you go as well, or do you just maybe go through? Each I, I actually do exactly the opposite. Okay. Um, so what what I do is um, I I go from team to team. So I start off with Arizona, end up with Washington, yep. um, and I, I get all the players on the depth chart who, depth chart who I think would be utilised. So that's why I've got I think four hundred and twelve players on my database. Okay. Um, and what I'll do is I'll look on a Pro Football Reference or Pro Football Focus and uh, things like the. Um, Fantasy Footballers Ultimate Draft Kit, which oh. you can get 10% off on my website if you go on it. Um, and I use them things, and I'll go through strengths of schedule. I will go through opportunities, um, offensive lines, everything like that. And then I'll make my decision uh, of what players I think is going to do what. Then I then I will go through the running backs, project the running backs, and the receiving stats for running backs. Then I'll do the wide receivers, and then all of that on my spreadsheet uh, – it's added up and put into the quarterback column, which then gives the quarterback his his um, yardage and touchdowns and whatnot. And then it's just a matter of, again, going on these websites. Uh, pro football reference is a godsend. Uh, and then you can cross-reference that with that with that quarterback, what he's done over the last three, four years, and just make sure you're on sort of a, 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 the same sort of tangent. Um, I think one team I did, I don't know whether, I think it was Cleveland, actually, uh, because Cleveland have got a lot of, receiving talent this year yeah. uh, so I'd, I'd put in all the stats for the receivers and all of a sudden I looked at Tyrod's uh, stats and he was projected to throw like 4,300 yards and then you look at career sort of averages over Ty- of Tyrod he's never thrown more than I think 3,300 so that needed to be adjusted but then you start taking players down yeah. okay maybe this guy's not going to get this amount of receptions and etc cetera, etc cetera, take the yardage down and then that all all then uh, auto sums the, the quarterback so it's quite complicated but mm. it's easy <laughs> yeah yeah no I know what you mean how, how long does that normally take you roughly I know I know you could do it over the course of maybe the off season but you know maybe if you ended up tied up all the hours all the minutes how how long do you reckon collectively that would have taken you well, I, funnily enough, because I'm a bit of a gimp, I did actually uh, record my times this year, and it took me 72 hours. Okay, 72 hours. That's not too, yeah, no, that's fine. Yeah, I, I, I think um, that's probably in the ballpark I was maybe thinking about. But so, yeah, I mean, I, I had a little go little go this this off-season, but I didn't, I 
was too busy trying to build build maybe the podcast up a little bit and uh, and I go from there. So maybe it might be something I venture into next season because I, I you know I like to have my own rankings at the moment. I, I've just done I've just downloaded uh, the UDK. Like I say, it's a very 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 good tool uh, to get yeah. all the information and the consistency charts. Target the Matt Harmon's reception perception and targets. It's it's just absolutely brilliant. So yeah, if you've got a if you've got a discount code there, all, all you listeners out there that want a bit of a cheat, obviously the season's approaching, but just before your draft, you don't know what you've done. Yeah. You've you've missed all of the offseason and go and grab that um get 10 percent off as well while you're at it and yep yeah coupon code pond p-o-n-d <laughs> um so there you go there you go <laughs> um very 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 well generous as, as as a present for you tim what i'll do is i will send you um a blank copy of my uh projection seats so then you can just fill it in as you wish Okay, cool. That'd be awesome. Yeah, because because another thing I was doing when I was trying to trying to set it all up was just trying to say, you know, yeah, I've got my own master spreadsheet full of stats and uh, teams and over the years and and ranks and all that kind of stuff as well. So it's kind of halfway there, but it's, it's just the other side. I've I've got the past now. I just need the future. So yeah, <laughs> That's it, appreciate yeah. that very much. But uh, yeah, Rob, thank you so much for coming on, buddy. And uh, yeah, thank all you the best, very much for having me. All the best with your podcast. All the best with yep. your uh, fantasy football teams this season, and no doubt we will cross paths on social media. Yeah, definitely, and I'll definitely have have you on the Fantasy Pond podcast uh, later on in the season for sure. Awesome, love to do it. Okay, we'll speak soon, buddy. Take care. Thanks, Tim. That was me just calling off there from an extremely hot episode. Uh, of the full 10 yards podcast many thanks there to rob of the across the fantasy pond podcast joining us there really enjoyed that chat with him i'm glad we both agreed and actually got a bit of a couple of minutes there to hate on the eagles always fun probably highlight one of the highlights of the summer on the podcast not really too much to say at the end here obviously we'll be back uh, in a couple of days doing a final uh, head-to-head mock draft with richard king uh, of the formerly of Fantasy Pros News Desk, uh, he is a writer for Roto Baller, NFL UK, uh, NFL Girl UK. So pretty much looking forward to that. That should be with you in a couple of days' time. Good luck with all your drafts this weekend if you're doing it. I think this weekend is mainly the bulk of all the drafts. I have my own. I'll let you know how my home draft goes. Hoping to get a bit of recording on that as well. So hopefully give you a bit of insight into. It's my first ever live drafts. Um, so very much looking forward to meeting all my league mates. Some of them I've not met before. Uh, I'm I'm the commissioner of the league. So it'll be interesting to to meet all of them and just see what kind of different dynamic the live draft gives. You know, from a, from a, obviously being on a computer, being in your own little draft room, and having all your cheat sheets. So whilst I go and print mine off for my league, I suggest you go and do that too. It's been a pleasure to have you with us on the Full 10 Yards podcast. We'll be with you back in a few days. Thank you so much for joining us. And in the great words of Kevin Cadle, it's bye-bye for now. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Full 10 Yards podcast. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter at Full 10 Yards or email the show full10yards at gmail.com.